0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way back again with you guys for another episode of your hair's fine, Bailey. Don't worry, uh, of the Arsenal Agenda Series. Hope you're doing good. Yeah, that was embarrassing, wasn't it? <laughs> how you doing, mate? You're good, you're right. Yeah,
1: got to look good for the viewers, you know. i, I had to tie it down. <laughs> I you get, didn't get like, time this I
0: get called like Elvis, I need to get it cut. <laughs>
2: um, Chris, how are you doing, mate? You're right. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bailey. Good morning to everyone tuning in. Hope everyone's keeping well.
0: Absolutely. Hope you're doing good. Drop a like on the video if you're enjoying the content and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, We're going to kick off by going straight into things, talking about William Saliba, uh, whose comments yesterday, of course, sparked quite a, not backlash, but worry, concern amongst the Arsenal fan base. In fact, I can read you the quote uh, of what he said. Uh, He said, I never hid the fact, uh, or rather, I never hid that I felt good here. I don't know my future. There are two months left. The most important thing is to qualify for the Champions League and go as far as possible in the Conference League. I think there will be discussions afterwards at the end of May slash beginning of June with Arsenal and Marseille. We will decide at that time. Bailey. Are you worried? Are you scared?
1: Are you scared, Bailey? (laughs) Look, I think, look, Saliba needs media training. I think, I don't know if he's doing it on purpose. (laughs) What was wrong with that? I don't know what was wrong with that, though. There's nothing wrong with you, but he's too honest. Like, just say I'm focusing on the season at the end of the Champions League, then my future will be discussed there. You don't need to go into detail. I think it affects every party trying to do a transfer, whether Arsenal are trying to sell him or whether they are not. I think he should just... Say, I'm on loan, I'm happy at Marseille now, and then I'll discuss my future towards the end of the season rather than saying, Oh, do you know what? I could sign for Marseille, but um, yeah, no, I'm I think Saliba will stay at Arsenal, I think it's in Arsenal's hands, and I think yeah, has made it clear already that he wants to stay at the club. I know sources have reported that um, that he will be staying ahead of next season, and will not off mm. him a new contract, so I think he will be staying. I think Saliba, yeah, he's just trying to create a bit of controversy, but. Fair play, fair
0: play, absolutely. Uh, Chris, are you worried that these comments are hinting towards a Saliba exit in the summer?
2: Uh, I'm not, I'm just looking at Bailey's face there, he's clearly looking at the comments section. Um, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm always a bit concerned with Saliba because I think you know we all know the quality that he has, the, the potential that he has. Um, everyone that watches him regularly, everyone that knows him well. Can, can see him going on to become one of the best centre-backs in the world. So that's the potential and the talent that we're talking about here and that Arsenal have on their hands currently. Um, and of course, you know, with Gabriel and Ben White doing so well, um, Rob Holding um, favoured by Mikel Arteta as well, yeah, there, there is still a sense of, um, you know, sort of, I guess, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? A, a sense of... Not knowing what is going to happen, really. Um, and this is something that will be clarified at the end of the season. I'm sure there'll, there'll be discussions that take place um, and we'll have to wait and see what happens. I, don't, I certainly don't think anything is set in stone yet. I still think a lot can change. Um, but I'm I'm in the hope. I'm, I'm obviously wishing that Saliba comes back at the end of the season, returns to London Colney. And tries his absolute best to stamp down a place in in the Arsenal first team. I, I think he's more than good enough to represent the football club. I think he's he's ready now more than ever. Um, obviously, I know that at the time we were sort of questioning the decisions to keep loaning and back out, but I think actually looking back, that was the right decision. And he's become better for it. He's become stronger for it. Um, you got to remember, he's still very young, and um, you know coming to the Premier League and throwing him in straight away could have do, done more damage than than, than sort of um, anything positive. So, yeah, let's wait and see what happens. I'm always quietly confident um, that something can be sorted and we obviously uh, have a positive outcome, but uh, you, you never know until we get there. And uh, especially with transfers, anything can happen. But, um, look, I think... If Arteta, if Edu, if anyone at the football club still aren't convinced that he's ready and he's good enough to represent Arsenal, then I'm not sure what else Saliba's got to do. You know, he's got several Player of the Month awards at Marseille, being included of Team of the Weeks, you know, on on several occasions as well. He's now got this French national team call-up. I'd be shocked if, you know, he comes back at the end of the season. Arteta's like, well, we're still not really keen on using you that much this season. I'd be shocked if that's the case. Um, And if that was the case, and if I'm Saliba, I'm I'm probably thinking, right, well, this just isn't going to be the club for me. I want to be somewhere where I am wanted and, uh, you know, I am valued and going to play an important part. So I suppose that's the only thing that worries me. Um, But uh, yeah, let's wait and see. He's got to become part of the squad without a doubt.
0: Yeah, I think that with with Saliba, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's really difficult to to put into the mind of a 20-year-old that's not been given any kind of confidence or, you know, trust at Arsenal, that, you know, there's a future for him. How how are you going to convince him without before he's come back? You can't. You've, you're playing at Marseille. You're playing, you know, in your homeland as well. He's very comfortable, knows the language, all the players around him and telling him how good he is. The manager's telling him how good he is. He's now in the French national side and you've done all of that whilst at Marseille. And you've not achieved anything at Arsenal. And it's very difficult to kind of, you know, after you've been told you're not ready yet, after a club spent nearly 30 million quid on you, it's it's very difficult. So Arteta's got a big job this summer. My hope is that Saliba comes back and, you know, Arteta can show him that there's a pathway into Arsenal. Now, look, getting into Art, there's no God-given right to be an Arsenal player. Um, And you do have to earn that and you do have to prove that. And look, with the way in which Gabriel and White have played well together so far there definitely shouldn't be any centre-back that walks into that centre-back pairing. So, and this is only kind of, you know, um, theory, but if Saliba's mindset is that he should be walking into the Arsenal team and playing week in, week out, you know, that's, that's not realistic at this stage. And that's to the credit of, of Wyatt and Gabriel and Arteta, who of course signed Wyatt and has coached those two this season. So I hope he comes back, but I hope he's not I hope he's not going to be like put out put out or put off at Arsenal if he's not playing immediately because he's still just 20. I think he turns 21 today. I think it I think it might be his birthday today, actually. Think thinking about that when I was looking at his age the other day. Um he is indeed. So happy birthday to William Saliba. Um but yeah, he's just twenty he's just turned twenty-one and you can't as a centre-back, expect to walk into a Premier League side. There aren't many. I'm trying to think of, of a 21-year-old centre-back in the Premier League that's that's playing week in, week out. And I'm not sure that there is. Um, so that it's an important point. And I hope that he comes back and he is integrated. And with European football, he's given the chance as well because there'll be more games. Um, let's see what some of the guys in the chat box are saying about this. Uh, Ju says, Mikel must learn to trust and believe in Saliba like he did with other players and give him a chance, let him play. He might be the best of what we have. We need to be, uh, we need to have that second squad. It's about importance. I don't don't necessarily like calling it a second squad, just like calling it like, you know, strength in depth and having a wider birth of talent in the team. Mark says, uh, I've said for a long time that Saliba's situation can turn sour and come back to bite us. He will be needed, especially if we are in the Champions League, but he will want, to play every game and Richard's asking the question would you swap him out with White and Gabby or play a back three I mean yes or no Bailey would you swap him with either of those two right now
1: I'd rotate I'd rotate I think I always say look at Liverpool's model with how they treated uh, uh, Kanate. he's been now he's finally thriving as a Liverpool player in the Premier League I think at the start of the first couple of games he did struggle but Klopp eased him in. He didn't just throw him straight into the deep end and make him start every game. You saw how Matip and Van Dyke played together. And so now when Konate plays, he does excellent. I think Saliba's probably rated higher than Konate as he's in the French squad and Konate isn't. So we can give Saliba the kind of same development, bring him in for the Premier League games. Don't leave him out for too long and don't bring him in for every game either. I think that's the right way to go about it. And I think Saliba being now 21 years old, he needs to understand that if you're going to play for one of the best clubs, or if you want to play for one of the top clubs who are achieving or trying to achieve any great things at your age, you're going to have to come in and come out. But if you want to be comfortable and stay at Marseille where you'll get Champions League and you, some seasons you won't, then you will start every game. You've got to make that decision. Do you want to make that step up where you have to compete for your position, or do you want to be comfortable? I think that's that's the big question. But he will if he comes, if he stays at Arsenal, he will play. And I'm sure I think in the future he will be a starting centre back because I think his ceiling is higher. Ben and, White and Gabriel Magales, but for now, I think it will be more of a rotation type of type of uh, role.
0: Absolutely. Chris, do you think that, I mean, how does he get in ahead of White and, and Gabriel? And do you agree with Bailey that he's got, you know, he's going to be better than them or is the capacity to be better than them one day?
2: I think they can all be great defenders. I, I really do. I think they all have the talent and potential and the mentality to become um, some of the best in the game. In terms of how Saliba gets in, it's hard work. You know, He's not going to return at the end of the season and and have any exceptions to getting into the team. Ben White and Gabriel have established themselves as the starting centre-backs, as the favoured centre-backs and, well, without a doubt, they're the the strongest centre-backs at the club, not that there's much competition. But this brings me on to my next point. It is all going to be about competition. This will be the, the reason why Saliba hopefully comes back into the team and pushes Gabriel, pushes Ben White, pushes Rob Holden. Um, and he you know he he becomes ultimately one of the starters in the future or or gets that rotation role as Bailey touched on with Ibrahima Konate and how he's sort of established himself at Liverpool obviously they've got van dijk they've got matip two two of um, the strongest defenders in the league yet Kanate's come in he's young coming from another, another league and he he's he's doing really well there now in that rotation role and it has Obviously, he's started quite a few times as well, rather than being rotated in and out during the game or just for the cup competitions. So, um, I- I'd like to see Saliba take up a similar role. Um, I'm happy with Ben White. I'm happy with Gabriel if they stay put there for most weeks. Or maybe I don't know. Tommy Asu's out for for um, for some reason. Ben White goes to right back, depending on the opponent, because we know he's he's got pace, but he's not. The, he won't obviously be the quickest at right back. But, you know, he can always push out onto the right flank and uh, Saliba can slot in next to Gabriel. Um, yeah, plenty of options. Obviously, we know Saliba can play right back if he needs to as well. Don't think that's obviously where he's best suited, but we know he's played there a couple of times this season for Marseille. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's there's no doubt that Saliba can have game time next season. It's just about doing it in the right way. And obviously, um, yeah, settling him in with the group in the right way as well because obviously when he first joined Arsenal the Arsenal squad was looking very different compared to what it is now and you know that just highlights how many changes have been made at first team level so yeah um I'd love to see him return absolutely is and I'm sure you know a lot of people would a lot of the, the majority of the Arsenal fan base would want to see him in red and white next season but yeah it's just about doing it in the right way.
0: Uh, Tawana says, Saliba will be needed once we get European football. Next season, the squad will be pushing for silverware. Strength and depth is very important. Three very good centre-backs is good for Arsenal um jeff says frankly we have to we all have to accept that the club hasn't really treated him well he clearly felt he was good enough to play and arteta decided otherwise i think he's in the departure lounge hopefully we can see this issue resolved um in the summer and hopefully to the benefit of arsenal be it him being introduced to the squad or a huge amount of profit Because i wouldn't want to be letting him go for anywhere close to what we paid for him based upon what he's, he's probably worth." um We've got a lot of other things to talk about as well this morning, so I do want to push on the the topics. The other one, um, being around kind of the the Nunez link specifically, and this has sparked a bit of a debate, um, and I was interested to get your boys' thoughts on this, and I was talking about this morning with some other people as well, uh, is that this idea that people wouldn't sign a player based upon the league they come from or the amount of goals that they've scored – in, say, the Portuguese league compared to the Premier League, is significantly, you know, it's worth significantly less or it's less impressive. Um, I mean, Nunez, for example, has 26 goals. I was personally having a discussion with someone on Twitter last night about the comparison between an Aussie man who I know you like, Bailey, a lot. Um, and, you know, 15 goals, I think he's got this season playing for Napoli. 26 goals has Nunez got, but people may lean towards man because he's playing in Serie A and he's playing in the Italian league. How much scope do you put on this argument about league association and the weight at which you're performing?
1: Look, for me personally, I'm not a big point in saying, Oh, we can't sign him because he plays in that league. I think it I think if they're doing it in European competitions as well, like the Champions League, the Europa League, then that is a real that's proof right there that it's not just the league itself. I think you have to sometimes you have to take it into consideration, for example, if it's a lower division, so if it's a championship, then you do say, Okay, look, he's playing in this city, you can't really trust him. But I think if you're looking at the top five leagues or, or other leagues around Europe, you I think people get too too passionate on it and say they're not in the Premier League, so they're not good enough. I think that's unfair. I think that's an unfair statement. You see, if they're doing it in Europe, as I've said, then that proves they can do it in the Premier League too. And you have to take that risk. I think strikers in the Premier League now, the best strikers in the Premier League now have come from different leagues. So you have to, some players will work when they come in and some players won't. I don't think you can blame the league for for that reason, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chris, especially at Dortmund signed Erling Haaland from... The Austrian League, Salzburg, and he moved there from Malda uh, as well. You've you've seen players move like Luis Diaz from Porto to Liverpool this season, uh, and significantly make an impact. Do you do you put any scope on you know the weight at which goals are scored in certain leagues over
2: others? No, I mean look, I, I, whenever Arsenal are linked to a player nowadays, one of the first things I'll do is I'll I mean, obviously if I'm not too familiar with them, I'll look them up and I'll have a look see how they're doing this season. Um, but, I mean, look, you should always judge a book by its cover. We all know that. Um, and there's been times where we've signed players um, what we weren't maybe familiar with or had reluctance about, but they've come in and done really well. Look at Ramsdale, for example. He was coming up from the Championship, had been relegated a few times in his career. People are like, well, he's obviously clearly not good enough for Arsenal Football Club and to be a regular in the Premier League. I mean, I think he is. Um, obviously, Tommy Asu, bit of an unknown from Serie A. Not a lot of people knew about him um, playing sort of like a mid-table team in Bologna. But again, he's come in and he's, he's done a, a great job. Gabriel Martinelli, I, I think, is a, hmm. a great example from the lower leagues of, of Brazil. Um, again, someone who wasn't yeah. known to, obviously, the majority of the Arsenal fan base when he signed back in 2019 and look at him now he's he's you know now getting brazilian call-ups and playing with and training with Neymar so um look I, I can always understand the hesitance when we're linked to someone you don't know a lot about them maybe their their record and numbers this season hasn't really been encouraging but um we've signed so many players and on top of the ones that I just mentioned as well that Despite us not knowing much about them, maybe despite them playing in the lower leagues or for mid-table clubs, um, respectively, look le- they've gone on and done really well. Um, not just with us, but for, for, for a whole load of other teams as well. So um, I'm not too I'm not too bothered when it comes to that that side of things. Um, you know, I can understand. Oh well, Darwin Nunes, for example, who I'm a big fan of, twenty six goals this season. Um, I think in all competitions that is. Yeah. Um. You know, so the Champions League has been scoring against Barcelona, scored the winner against Ajax the other week to to make sure Benfica progressed to the quarterfinals. You know, they don't just do it in their leagues, but they're doing it in, in the major European competitions as well against some of the, the biggest clubs in the world. So, um. yeah, it's not something I look too much into.
0: Yeah, I, I do agree. And I think that what I always say, and I talked about this this morning, is that. If you're not familiar with a player, um, and say you're just looking at the goal tallies, I do the same thing, Chris. As soon as I'm willing to play, I'll jump on Transfermarkt and I'll see kind of the goal and the assist tallies this, this season. Um, but I think it's important to you know go and watch them as well. I know that YouTube compilations are skewed towards showing the best of a player, but it's better than not watching anything of them. You can get a feel for the style of player that they are. Then go and watch a game. You know, you know find out when they're going to be playing next, and then before you know, either passionately backing or passionately disregarding them, you're in a much better position well, from like an arguments perspective to to either have your say on that player or not. So yeah, I think it's important um to to do that. And that's why Nunez, for instance, having seen him in the Champions League and watched a couple of clips of him on Y scout and stuff like that, you can tell the talent this kid's got and you know you can appreciate the level at which he's producing. Um, Our final topic for today is on uh, the the argument about strikers and wide forwards and kind of who we should sign. I don't want to go into too much detail because – This afternoon, myself, Chris and Bailey are going to be doing another show talking about our perfect summer transfer window. That's going to be live at 4.30. I'm looking forward to the amount of horrible picks that Bailey brings up. Um, But uh, I look forward to that chat. Uh, If you do want to watch that, that'll be 4.30pm UK time. Turn those notifications on and it should tell you when we go live because we'll be doing it live. Um, But... The idea of bringing in two orthodox strikers, because if Lacazette goes and Nketia goes, we've already lost a Bam Bailey, you know, we're out of strikers bar Balogun. So, do you think it's, it's more of a pressing need to bring in two specific number nine style forwards? Or would you be tempted to say bring in one number nine and a wide forward that has the scope to play in the middle?
1: No, nah, because I think we had, if we had to if Lacazette like stayed at the club, then I'd be more inclined to mm. sign a striker and an inside forward. But the fact that we're going to be playing in Europe next season, whether that's the Europa League or the Champions League, their wide forward slash inside forward's role is going to be a striker because mm. they're going to have to cover for the main striker. We do sign, of course, Balogun will most likely go out on loan again. So for that reason, I think we need to sign two orthodox straight strikers. I think two strikers who are unnatural in that position, to be honest, I think. I'd have liked someone like Rafa Liao, for example, but I think he's going to sign a new contract to AC Milan. I think he would have been a good signing because I know he can play the forward role well. And I know you've mentioned Rashford with, in the uh, analysing Arsenal So I just don't like Rashford as a number nine. I think Jose Mourinho said it himself as well, that is not a number nine. So signing a player like that and then expecting him to, for example, we sign a uh, Victor Ossiman or Patrick Schick and he gets injured, and then he's going to have to lead the line for a few months. Can you really rely on Rashford, for example, player like Rashford to do that? I don't think so. So I think two strikers is where we're going to have to go down because of our shortages, to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Chris?
1: So,
2: uh, I think there's no doubt we need forwards. We're, obviously, you can argue that we're sort of uh, already in a sort of uh, attacking crisis at the minute with the lack of options we have, certainly in that centre-forward role. But we, we certainly face... Um, being in a bit of a dilemma come the summer, as you mentioned, Lacazette and Ketia are set as it stands to leave once their contracts expire. Um, Obviously, Arteta's previously touched on having talks with, with Lacazette and his camp at the end of the season. So we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. I think if Lacazette stays, we're just going to go out there and get a top class striker, just one um, who's going to become the regular in the team and, and sort of take over from Aubameyang really. And then, I can see us going for a wide player who also has the capacity to operate in that central forward role. Um, I mean, I know you're a fan of Cody Gakpo, um, TC, Mm. as am I, really impressed with him this season. And we know he can operate either from on the the, the sort of wing or or in that centre forward role um, with ease, actually. He scores goals in either position for fun um, and he looks quite comfortable in either overall so uh, that's the route i would go down if lacazette stays one one uh sort of main center forward and a wide wide forward who can also operate in the middle um if lacazette leaves I i would imagine that arsenal will go for sort of two um sort of natural number nines uh but then again you know it's not the end of the world if we just go for one main number nine. And again, someone like Gakpo, you know, if they're comfortable operating on, on in either role in either position, then there's there's no, nothing to be concerned about too much. Um, but I, I guess if anything happens to that new main number nine that came, comes in, is the the person that's going to replace him on top of this, or the, the wide forward who, who we also sign and who can also play an essential forward role, are they going to be as reliable? Can we rely on them to score regular goals on a consistent basis, just like the, the main number nine? That's the only thing we've got to think about and be careful with. Um, so I, probably, you know, if Lacazette does leave two main number nines, two natural centre forwards will be the way to go because we've got Gabriel Martinelli, we've got Saka, we've got Smith-Rowe. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Pepe as well. Maybe if he leaves, that that leaves space to get in another winger. So a, a lot depends on it. But um, either way, you know, if we've been linked with so many t- I touched on it in a piece yesterday or, or went live this morning. I think that, you know, quite a, a lot of the players or at least the forwards that we've been linked with are comfortable either out wide or, or through the middle, whether that's Darwin Nunes, Jonathan mm. David, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Cody, Cody Gappo, um, you know, all those sort of names that we've been linked with uh, can can play through the middle wide so yeah i just think it, it it comes down to who is more comfortable where pretty much
0: i think that i lean more towards the the striker and wide forwards because i think if you can sign a good enough wide forward that can play as a striker you know you're getting the best of both worlds um so i think that there's scope for that uh, it probably does depend on maybe the future of, of Nicolas Pepe as well and what happens with him. But uh, I think it's an option that Arsenal have got. Uh, and I'm going to scroll right to the top of the chat because I saw an interesting question that I want to finish the show on uh, from AFSA. I just need to try and find it. Effectively, the question was, would you rather um, win the Europa League, like be in the Europa League and win it, or uh, get to the quarterfinals uh, of the Champions League um, and I've seen this discussed before I've seen it on my social media feeds as well discussed kind of like w- is there a point to Arsenal being in the Champions League if we haven't got a chance of winning it um, Bailey what are your thoughts on this I'm still going to try and find the question if I
1: can yeah no for me it has to be winning the Europa League I think if the quarterfinals are a stop-off right. point if a quarterfinals are a stop-off point then what's, what's the point I think you're going into competition to get knocked out at the final stage I think I'd have no motivation to, to be there I think it would rather be win the Europa League and then go back in the Summers League next season and try with it then that way I'd prefer that than getting off not in the finals.
2: Chris yeah I think it would have to be the Europa League because I mean that sort of a, that scenario would be a win-win for Arsenal wouldn't it not only are we already in European football with the Europa League but we go on to win it and then that cl- qualifies us for the Champions League so yeah that would be that would be the the way forward really that would be the, my my choice if I had to pick one
0: yeah, I agree. I said, "Would the question being, would you rather win the Europa League, <laughs> win the trophy, right? And then qualify for the Champions League the following season or get to the, the quarterfinals? I, I don't, I, I, even the argument uh, that saying, yeah, we get the money from being in the Champions League a season earlier. You were in the Champions League the following season and you've won that trophy. Like if you're, if you're asking a different question, which is, Would you rather be in the Champions League and compete to win it? Like, there's not the guarantee that Afsar's put in there, like, get to the quarterfinal and then done. Or, you know, win the Champions League. Then obviously, I'm... uh, Sorry, win the Europa League. Obviously, I'm picking the chance to win the Champions League. You know, we've never done that. If it's over a guarantee of winning the Europa League, if there's a chance that Arsenal can win the Champions League, that takes priority over anything. But if you're sitting there and saying to me, you're guaranteeing that we get knocked out in the quarters... Why would I choose that over winning the Europa League? You know, um, I, I get the idea um, asking about kind of, you know, being in a competition that that you, we've got a difficult chance of winning. But if we're trying to get into the Champions League, it's because the club's pushing forwards. Like, I can't see what we're doing at this club not being to go forwards. We invested more than any other Premier League side in the summer. You know, we've bought players with the intention of trying to raise the club back to the level that we want it to be at. Um, I absolutely think that that's the way in which this club is going. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we do in the summer if we qualify for the Champions League as well. Uh, any final thoughts on kind of that argument? Because I agree with both of you as your point. You'd rather win the trophy. But I think all of us want to see us pushing to try and win the Champions League. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, look, being back in Europe altogether, look, we've been without it for the first time in over 20 years. Being back in and amongst European football will be a nice start then of course you know say we won the europa league um, that's good It's a european trophy a silverware you know on top of that you get you get a, i'm sure a, a quite a nice financial package that comes along with that on its own and then because of that achievement you then go into the champions league anyway and then we'd look to push on as far as we can look the champions league football is the ultimate aim it's the dream for this football club we want to be back in and amongst it of course we do um, and this is what this club is trying to do. It's trying to build a squad, not you know just capable of of you know putting pressure on the the, the man cities and the liverpools in, in the Premier League and closing the gap on them. but of course ultimately in the end we want to build a squad that is capable of of, of doing um really well in, in Europe as well. so uh, we're not there just yet. there's still a lot of work to be done, but um we're getting there, I think we're getting there and yeah, of course, uh, uh, a European trophy would be lovely.
0: Absolutely. Bailey?
2: Yeah,
1: I, I agree with Chris completely. I think you have to win trophies at the end of the day. Trophies is what defines your your dynasty almost. If Arteta wants to create something here at Arsenal, he won't be judged on he qualified for the Champions League this year. He got to, he got to the Champions League quarterfinal this year. No, it's it's winning the trophies and building on from there. You win the Europa League, you're in the Champions League next season. That makes complete sense. It's better than getting not tired of the Champions League quarterfinal and then maybe not even qualifying for the competition the next year. So, yeah, I think I agree with Chris. We do have yeah. to win trophies
0: absolutely um thank you guys for tuning in really appreciate your time uh drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed the show we do these monday to friday 9 30 a.m uk time uh, as i say there'll be uh, a video at four thirty this afternoon with us three again talking about our perfect transfer window for the summer Uh, and if you want to check out our interview with Emmanuel Petit uh, that came out yesterday uh, and you haven't already watched that I encourage you to do so it's really interesting kind of insight on where Petit's heads are regarding Arteta and Partey and Saliba and Lacazette and the Chelsea fiasco as well and some really kind of moral points brought up towards the end of that video too which was which was good to see so uh, do go and check that out Bailey thank you so much mate appreciate your time
1: thank you TC thank you Chris and everyone in the comment section I'll be seeing you later today
0: just <laughs> I look forward to it Chris thank you so much mate
2: thanks TC thanks Bailey as always and thank you to everyone tuning in this morning appreciate the support and yeah as Bailey says see you all again at half four
0: absolutely we'll see you soon have a fantastic day enjoy uh your Thursday now we're nearly there it's nearly the end of the week we've nearly made it um, but have a good time and as always keep following us down the Arsenal way